listening to another sermon podcast presented by Chelsea Presbyterian Church. Located in Chelsea, Alabama, we value community, fellowship, and love for people from all walks of life. For more information, find us online at www.chelseaprez.org or check us out on Facebook. All right, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to John 14, 15 through 31. As always, it's printed in the order of worship in there. So almost every week, and y'all know we've been going through the series of John, almost every week we say here at Chelsea Press, just like we did today, the Apostles' Creed. It's a summary, as we always say, of the beliefs of Jesus' disciples that have been handed down for around 2,000 years. And it's what the closest friends of Jesus recited to remind them regarding all the things that Jesus taught. And I know it can be redundant for us when we say it week after week after week. But let me say this, these things matter so much. These are the most important things of our church. And today is going to be a reminder of why we say a certain phrase in there, and that is, I believe in the Holy Spirit. There's not a lot of churches that talk about the Holy Spirit as much as I feel like we should and other churches should. But do you ever wonder what, who the Holy Spirit is or what, what that means, I believe in the Holy Spirit? Does that change your life at all in some way? Do you want to know more about that? Well, that's literally our passage today, and we're going to talk about that. We're going to read just the first uh, section there where it's from uh, 15 through 17 today, and then we'll read the rest of them as we go through the passage for second time. John 14, 15 through 17 says this, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him or knows him. For you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father God, uh, help us to understand more of who the Holy Spirit is. Uh, Lord, help us understand how it relates to the whole economy of your family, our family, our own consciousness, our own souls. Lord, help us to uh, have a bigger picture of your Trinity in all three persons this morning. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Do you believe a ghost? Honestly, I don't know how I would answer that question. I grew up with Casper the Friendly Ghost and then tales and, and horror movies like Poltergeist and some other ones like that. Uh, and then, uh, and, and, and these things would scare the stew out of me to the point where I didn't even want to talk about them or think about them a lot. And then I would go to church as a young man and they would talk about the Holy Ghost. I was so confused. And the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, what does that even mean? And as I grew older, I realized that the phrase Holy Ghost is really a bad <coughs> translation. It's really a bad translation. It's confused a lot of people over the years. It should have been translated just straight up Holy Spirit. But let's be honest, even then, as a young man, it didn't help a whole lot because I began to think in my mind, what's the difference between a spirit and a ghost? Both seem like these impersonal forces that are just floating around. But as I read the Bible more and more, I realized I totally misunderstood the idea of God, the Spirit. 
the Holy Spirit, the idea of God as a spirit. And you've probably heard it, right? What do you think? What do you think about when people talk about the Holy Spirit? Do you think about it as a the Holy Spirit as a person or a, or a ghost or or floating around out there somewhere, just kind of willy-nilly? Well, this passage I think today is going to help. Again, this is Jesus' farewell speech, and we've talked about this. He's about to leave. He's about to go to the cross. Matter of fact, he's going to go to the cross and then also leave the earth. This is the last words as the disciples' hero and as their friend. But he's not just going to leave them with words. He's going to leave them, and he leaves us with a person, a friend that says someone to help. So let's talk about that today in terms of three points. We're going to talk about the, the promise of always having a helper. Then we're going to talk about the promise of always having a father. And then the promise of always having peace. So let's look at this first section, the promise of always having a helper. The passage we just read says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. So this is a continuation, as we said from last week, where Jesus keeps reminding the disciples of the hard reality that he is leaving. And you have to realize, this is devastating to them. They left their vocations. They gave their all to Jesus thinking that he was going to lead them to overtake the world. And he is, but not in the way that they think that he is going to do. And at this point, they feel like everything's changing. They feel like they've been played to the left. They can't imagine life out here on earth on their own without Jesus being right there with them. And now he says, if you love me, if you really love me, you're going to keep doing the things that you were doing whenever I was there. You will keep following my ways. You're going to keep following my footsteps. You're going to strive for that. But Jesus also knows this, just like he knows us. We can't do it. The disciples can't do it. This idea of following all his commands, following his footsteps, he knew they could not do it on their own. And he's saying, it's okay. I'm going to send you a helper to be with you, not just in the next few days to come, but forever, he says. And then Jesus says, this person... You do and don't know him, which is weird. And guess what? He's a spirit. What? So from the outset, there's a couple of things you need to understand. The Holy Spirit is not a ghost or some impersonal force that's floating around willy-nilly in the world, but a person. A person just like God the Father, a person just like God the Son. We talk about this idea a lot. He is divine, just like the Father and the Son, but He's also a person in the same way that you and I and those around us are persons. And you develop a relationship with Him in the same way that you would develop a relationship with the Father and the Son. Every week, we talk about this, God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. When we sing holy, 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 God in three persons, blessed Trinity. One God, three persons. And you need to know that the Holy Spirit is not less of a person than the Father and the Son. Even though I think a lot of times we view Him as less than. That's not how the Bible portrays Him. 
So let's look at the words of Jesus here and, and as we go on and better understand who the Spirit is, meaning who is He as a person? What's His personality like? Let's look at uh, Roman numeral 2, the promise of always having a Father. Verse 18, Jesus said, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world will see me no more, but you will see me, because I live, you also will live. And the day, that day, you will know me, that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus says, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father who sent me. All right, let's, let's clarify this. Let's simplify this a little bit. First of all, he talks about this idea of the orphan. Uh, some of you know this about me, some of you don't. I'm technically an orphan. My mother had me out of wedlock. Uh, my grandparents adopted me at birth. Then my grandparents both died before I turned 18. And I say, technically, I'm an orphan because I never felt that way. See, I had an aunt and uncle that raised me as their own since I was born, along two sons, and so I never felt like an orphan. In fact, it was the opposite between my biological mom and my grandparents and my aunt and uncle who I call this day, uh, my mom and dad, I had an abundance of family. So I tell Larissa all the time, I don't need another mom. <laughs> I got plenty of them. <laughs> but this is the major point of this passage uh, in general, but also specifically here. Jesus is saying, I keep telling you guys, I'm leaving, I'm departing. But he's also telling them this, I'm not leaving you as a loss that you're missing a point. If you think I'm leaving you as less instead of more, see, you're not losing family here, Jesus says. Matter of fact, I'm introducing you to a larger family. He's been talking about this over and over again with the Father and the Son. But now he's saying, if you know me and you love me, great. If you truly know me, you receive me, you know the Father. But let me introduce you to another member of the family in this passage that loves you just as much. God, the Spirit. Jesus keeps saying, I'm leaving you. But he's also saying, I don't, I'm not abandoning you. Don't feel like an orphan. He's introducing him through this process to the family, the Trinity, saying, the Holy Spirit is there. I will be there. And if I'm there, the Father's there. One God, three persons. If you get one, you get them all. You are now a part of this family. Jesus doesn't diminish their friendships and their family. He's saying, I'm enlarging it. All of us, if we're honest, we have, we have and we see missing pieces in our family. They, all our families have been in some way dysfunctional, separated, destroyed, inadequate, disappointing at times, and even outright abusive. And God the Father knows that. He is not dismissing that fact. He knows who all, we are, all of us are. He knows what we have done. He knows what our families have done and haven't done. And He is not okay with that. He wants to introduce us to a larger and more new family 
calling us to imagine the perfect father instead of thinking of fatherhood in the way that we do. A perfect father and son or father and daughter relationship instead of what we may have experienced. And then a third part here in the family. The Holy Spirit. Someone in the family that has everyone's best interest in mind and constantly works to relate one another to one another. The family we never have, we now have access to. This is what Jesus is talking about here. Let's look at the third point, the last point here. The promise of always having peace. Verse 25 says, These things I've spoken to you while I'm still with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring remembrance to all the things I have said. Peace I live with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world do I give. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You heard me say I'm going away, and I will, but I also said I will come to you. If you love me, you will have rejoiced because I'm going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it takes place, so that when it does take place, that you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming. He has no claim on me. But I do as the Father has commanded me, so that the world may know that I love the Father. Rise and go from here. So at the beginning of the sermon, we asked a question. Who is the Holy Spirit? Well, so far we've seen the Holy Spirit is a real person, a person that you develop a relationship with, like the Father and like the Son. The Holy Spirit is also one person within God's most intimate family, along with the Father and the Son. But it probably also helps to describe, like Jesus did in this passage, what the Spirit's role is, what the Spirit does. This is where you really, the dust and bubbles, so really wrap your head around who the Holy Spirit is. So what is the Holy Spirit's role? What does He do? Well, the word helper here, and it's so hard to translate uh, into English, the word that's in the original language here. But it's a real odd word. Helper, yes, that's a part of it. But let me share some other translations that people have posed for this word. Um, one is um, comforter, advocate, counselor, again, helper. And they are all right. It's such a robust word, but it's also a strange word, as I said, to translate to English. But let me attempt to translate it this way. This word for helper or comfort or advocate or counselor, it's more like a friend. Someone that comes alongside of you to help you in that way. Someone that argues for you, but also someone that argues against you. And all for your own good. What does that mean? The Holy Spirit is a friend that everybody needs. You ever had a friend like that? A friend that you knew was going to hold you accountable in a loving way, but at the same time you knew they would go to bat for you anytime. That they would go to the gates of hell for you, and at the same time they're going to call you out and say, man, this is not good for you. If you are a believer here today, you have a friend like that in the Holy Spirit. As Tim Keller said, a friend that reminds you that you're a sinner, but also reminds you how loved you are. A friend that sees your need for approval, uh, but also understands your addictions or whatever it is that you're struggling with, and then calls you out of those things, but then reminds you of how big of a part of a family you are and how good that family is. Reminds you that you're more loved than you could ever imagine. It's the ultimate kind of friend. 
When you think of the Holy Spirit, I hope you think of that. Second thing is Jesus left the Holy Spirit to guide and to teach us. When you read the Bible, you're not reading on your own. When you face life situations, you don't have to make it up on your own. You have someone, as we said, coming alongside of you. The Holy Spirit helps make sense in your mind of what God is trying to tell you through these things. He opens your eyes to Scripture, but also helps you apply it to the reality of the community and love that you're around. Last, think about this. Based on this passage, the Holy Spirit's here in our lives to remind us. To remind us what the Father and the, and the Son said. As Jesus said, to remind you, like, this is the Spirit that's going to keep bringing these words back that I kept teaching you. You're not by yourself. My words are still there. And He's going to keep reminding you of that. The Holy Spirit helps you not only make sense of your in your mind, but He takes the promises of God and the promises of Jesus Christ, and He takes their words, and He works it into our hearts and into our souls. The third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, is here to make the Father and the Son real to your hearts. To make the words of the Bible come alive and the intentions of God to come alive and, and, and take fire. To take the imagination of how you think about God and, the, and Jesus as shaped by Scripture and make it real in your life. Everything the Holy Spirit does points you back to the Trinity. If you see people talking about the Holy Spirit and what He's doing, it doesn't point back to Jesus Christ or the Father or the Trinity, then they got it wrong. No matter what they say they're doing in the name of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit always points you back to the Father and the family and to Jesus the Son in that. So in the end, according to Jesus, what's the Holy Spirit's goal? What's the whole point of what He's doing here? To bring you comfort. I don't know the pain you're going through. I don't know where you are in your life. I don't know if you're at a point where you're like, man, I just don't have anybody who understands right now. The Holy Spirit does. And that's his role. I'm not talking about false hope. Meaning, he's not your conscience saying, hey, it's okay to keep doing what, you what you're doing. Or it's okay that, to think the way you're thinking. If it's really not, that's the difference between the Holy Spirit and your conscience. Your conscience can tell you and talk you into a lot of things. You can self-justify a lot of bad things in your life by way of decisions and actions. The Holy Spirit doesn't allow that. But He is also a reminder to reconcile the bad things you have done and to reconcile those things that you are doing and will do in relation to what God has done for, for you through the Holy Spirit. If you are a believer here today, you have the Holy Spirit in you right now. So the question is, are you going to listen? Are you going to listen? His voice is saying, welcome to the family. You're not alone. Welcome to the relationship that you have with God, the Father, and the Son. He's asking you, will you be honest about your shortcomings? But will you also receive the grace and the mercy that the Father and the Son has done for you? Will you receive the work in life and death and then life again that Jesus has done for you so you don't have to worry about doing it anymore? Will you receive that invitation? to the family and enjoy the benefits of a divine family today. Think about those things. Dwell in the Holy Spirit. Think about the person of the Holy Spirit today. What kind of relationship do you have with Him as a person? And rest in that today as we enter this time of communion. Let's pray. Father God, thank you uh, that you have not left us alone. And forgive us for so often just forgetting the third person of the Trinity. 
uh, the Holy Spirit is such an important part of your family, yet we act like uh, he's a stepchild. Let us uh, not believe that falsehood because we're missing so much when we do that, Lord. You have the perfect family. You are the God that exists in three persons. And each one of those have a role in our lives. Each one of those are an opportunity to develop a relationship. Draw us to each one of your persons. Help us to understand what it means to be guided by the Holy Spirit and not by our conscience. Our hearts are so fickle. Our mind goes everywhere. But Lord, give us that Holy Spirit and empower us to think your thoughts after you and to live a life of boldness and love and faith through the power of your Holy Spirit. And in the name of your Son, Amen. We hope you've enjoyed today's sermon. We want to remind our listeners that our doors are always open at Chelsea Presbyterian Church, and we invite all our listeners to join us for worship. You can visit us at 1030 on Sunday mornings at Chelsea Middle School. To hear more of our sermons from our church or for more information, you can find us online at www.chelseapres.org or check us out on Facebook.